Well, praise the Lord, everyone, and welcome to each and every one of you that are here today. And we have a joyous uh, day, a joyous occasion, two of them actually. We're going to celebrate the two ordinances that Jesus Christ left for us to do. The one first one will be baptism, the second one will be the Lord's Supper, His communion. Those are the two things that He instructed us to do. And uh, we're going to be doing those joyfully and gleefully today. If I hadn't had a chance to tell you welcome, forgive me, uh, welcome. Glad you're here today. And I hope and pray that the Lord blesses you, speaks to you, and that you leave here today a better person than you walked in. Amen? Amen. Amen. And we ought to always desire that to happen to us when we come to God's house. Amen. So we got coming today. She's a little nervous. Uh, Devin Kirkland. And come on down here, girl. She's got purple toenails, too. <laughs> <laughs> I see waves. Mama! Yeah, I somebody hollering at you out there. Well, we got, we, this is a serious occasion, but also there's always a laughter to be had sometimes. And Amen. Devin is worried about me falling in with her. And I said, you know one thing about it, if that happens, I'm going to laugh, you're going to laugh, and nobody will ever forget your baptism. Amen. So if I wind up in this, we're just going to giggle and carry on. Amen. Amen. Because uh, this is a wonderful day. Devin, is Jesus Christ your Savior? Are you filled with His Spirit? Yes, sir. Good. That's the criteria for what you're about to do now. So by this profession of your faith, by this profession of your faith, that Jesus Christ has saved your soul and filled you with His Spirit, I now baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus has done. 
for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this baptism, Lord, <coughs> because it shows the faith that this woman has in you, Lord. And may we all have the same faith that she has, Lord, and bring it forward and do things, Lord, that can only serve you, Lord. That's all we need, Lord, It's just to serve you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. <coughs> songs that have been sung but most importantly and from being so thankful for what Christ has done. Amen. We serve such a wonderful God. Amen. He did everything he could do for me and you. He does everything but force us to serve Him. He does everything but make you choose Him. He leaves that up to me and you. And it's a sad state of man when we choose not to believe Christ. When we choose not to serve Him. Or when we choose to serve Him our way instead of His way. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. I've used this scripture just about every communion that we've ever done, but I've never preached out of it, I don't think. We're going to be reading in verses 17 uh, through 22. And I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you very seriously today. And the title of this message is a question. What makes unworthy communion? What makes unworthy communion? It's scriptural. It's here. That you can participate in the Lord's Supper and not be worthy of it. And the Bible warns us there's a danger involved in doing anything in the name of Jesus, for the name of Jesus, when you're not worthy to do it. I love when people, we ask people to do certain things. When we ask our deacons, we called our deacons, every one of them said, I'm not worthy. 
I wouldn't have it any other way. Because when we feel like we're worthy, we're not. Amen? Because that's arrogance before God. Let me tell you a secret. There is not a single person in this room that's worthy of the love of God. We're not. We're blessed because He gives it to us anyway. He sent His Son while we were not worthy. While we were incapable of being saved. And He became sin for me and you. He and He alone is worthy. And He gained all power in heaven and earth because of what He did for me and you. We're not righteous, but He is. We're not holy, but He is. We're not godly, but He is. We're so messed up, but He's not. And when we allow Him to have a throne room in this tabernacle, all of those things, He is, is who we become. Amen. Amen. That's why we'll be able to go to heaven one day. And that's the only reason. You're not going to earn your way. You're not going to buy your way. You're only going to come one way. And that's through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 17, chapter 11, 1 Corinthians. Now, in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not. That you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I partly believe it. For there must be also heresies among you. That they which are approved may be manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating... Everyone taketh before other his own supper. One is hungry, another is drunk. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise you the church of God? And shame them that have not. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Father, speak to us. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Truth that we need to know to please you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Paul wrote this letter. He was in prison. When the word came to him, what was going on in the Corinthian church? A church that through the Lord Jesus Christ, God had founded by Paul. Acts chapter 18 tells us is where he met Aquila and Priscilla, where he divulges that he's a tent maker, where he shows that he worked while he was there, although he was there to establish a church. And we find now that he has established a church, that the church had come together and filled with the Spirit of God, and he had left people he thought capable of teaching and preparing the church to walk in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when the word came to him, it upset Paul drastically. Nowhere else, Brother Steve, will you hear Paul talk to another people like he does these right here. Because Paul believed Christ. Paul knew that a church divided against itself will not stand. It will be destroyed. This church right here has been through that ordeal. And if not for the grace of God, you wouldn't be sitting in this building right now. But because they were faithful, Amongst the vileness that was here, God spared and resurrected this church. The church belongs to Him. He is the head. We are the body. Jesus Christ has earned that right. And our work is to be one in Him. Our work is to be in unison, together, not divided. And it never fails when men take over the church. Yeah. Come on. Did you hear me? When men take over the church, it divides it. <laughs> because our ways are not God's ways. We do not know all the thoughts of God. They're so much higher than we are. We have to be led in the church. We're not here to lead we are here to follow. And we do it together. We hang on to one another. We cling to one another. When one falls, we help them up. Don't happen in every church. When some fall, some people kick them. When some have situations and issues 
Instead of finding out and praying with them, we talk about them and scorn them. God help us with the church, with the body. Amen. When your finger hurts, do you bite it off and spit it out? No. You doctor it. You baby it. You, baby it. you caress it. And you keep it from getting hurt anymore. We're the body of Jesus Christ. So they're coming together and he finds out this. And he says, you're not coming together for better. You're coming together for worse. Mm. God help us. So he writes this letter of correction to them. And he tells them these very things. They weren't coming together as a unified body. Matter of fact, they came not as the body of Christ. But they came together in groups and cliques. Uh-oh. They came together and the rich people said, <laughs> We got it all. And them guys over there ain't got nothing. So let's us get over here and we'll run things because we got the money. <coughs> Boy, money has killed many a church. That mentality yeah. has destroyed a lot of churches and ran a lot of people who were seeking God genuinely away. Let me tell you something. We're going to give an account for all of that stuff. And it's time that we get rid of that junk and get it right. There were people that were poor that felt, felt out of place. The church had become not a place of hospitality, not a place of welcome, not a place where the Spirit of God could be filled and felt. Thank God when people walk through these doors, they say, we feel something here. Praise God. If you don't, something's wrong. Even the most lost among us when they walk through those doors are to feel something. Yes. We talked about Jesus this morning while y'all were in Sunday school, and I guess some of us should have been there with you. And there was a person sitting up here with Chill bumps running up their arm as we talked about the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Woo! The Bible says when the Spirit passes in front of us, the hair ought to stand up on our bodies. When's the last time the hair stood up on you? When's the last time the goosebumps showed up? When's the last time you quivered and shivered? Because the presence of God was so close to you and you could feel the power and his might and his spirit, his warmth and his love and it made your body react that way. Yes. Amen. When's the last time that happened to you? I hope it happens today. Amen. Amen. Hope it's happening right now. You know what it takes to do that? 
to be aware that he's here. To figure out he's with me right now. He's right in the midst of this building. Here he is. Because we're his people. We're his body. He's our God. And he says in Revelation about those seven churches, I walk in the midst of them. Hallelujah. He is here now. We are his church. We are his people. We are called by his name. We're here for a purpose, a reason, and that's to carry on the mission that he began when he started walking this earth. When he left this earth, he said, go get that for and all the world, preaching, preaching about who I am. Amen. Be a witness. Tell them who I am. Tell them what you know about me. Some of you don't know enough about him to tell them anything. You need to feel the goosebumps. Praise <laughs> God. Amen. Praise God. You need to have it stand up on you. Amen. Well, I tell you, you still when the hair stood up on me, it felt like this, not just like this. But it don't matter, it still stands. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We not only need to let the hair on our body stand up, we need to stand up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For Jesus Christ. Amen. He is worthy. He deserves it. And we honor Him when we do that. For His glory. That's right. These people had come together. And the haves and the have-nots separated. And the glory of God dissipated. And communion turned into an event. Where the house did and the how nots were left out. Where the hungry left hungry. And the greedy left stuffed and drunk. Clicks. We can find so many ways to divide our own selves. I'm not even going to get into all of them. We don't need division. We need unity. And if we go where we're supposed to go while we're here, we find out that we have one thing. This one thing. I got a t-shirt. I didn't know what it meant for years after I bought it. I knew it was a Christian t-shirt. You know what it says? It's red. It's got a big number one and it says this one thing. And I know what it means. Amen. Yeah. Because we're here for one reason. We're here because of one thing. Yeah. One thing that we all, no matter whether we're old or young, rich or poor, sick or well, big or little, Bald or got lots of hair? It don't matter. We're here for one thing. Just one thing. And that's Jesus. He is who we have in common. Oh, I gotta move on. We gotta have communion now.
Listen, he goes on, he says, there's heresies among you. Amen. He says this in what verse is that? Verse 19. Listen to what heresies are. Heresies are beliefs or opinions that are profoundly at odds or contrary to the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That's why we've got to get it right. We've got to know the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You know what the doctrine of Jesus Christ is? It's the gospel. Amen. Amen. <laughs> there ain't no other doctrine. It's only his doctrine. We created all these other doctrines so we can divide ourselves up in little units. And God's tired of it. It's time that we got under His leadership. It's time that we got under His doctrine. It's time that we become an exclusive club to a whosoever will. Amen. Y'all, yes, we're different. We are all in different levels of knowledge of God. Some of you is eating T-bone steak when you read the Word. Some of you is eating beans and taters. Well, I should have put beans and taters up here because that's where I eat all the time. Some of you are eating breakfast all the time because you ain't got to lunch or supper yet. And some of you still sucking a bottle. And some of you have been sucking a bottle for 40 and 50 years because you're stuck in the divisiveness of the doctrines that you were taught that were not of Jesus Christ. Woo, glory, listen to me. I'm going to get in trouble now. Y'all going to run this preacher off. You don't have to know where I'm leaving next week. I'll be back. We got to get back to his doctrine. We got to get back to his truth. We got to get back to his law. We got to get back to his commandment. We got to quit being heretics. And trying to change the word of God to suit our own blooming selves and saying, who can come to church? Who can't come to church? What they gotta look like when they get here? What they gotta act like when they get here? We need to open the doors and let the sin sick come in where Jesus Christ can save their souls. Amen. What are we waiting on? Amen. Well, sometimes perfect. A person, a stranger, can walk into church. You ever walked into church and everybody in the room turned around at one time and looked at you? You could hear the squeaking. <laughs> and you could feel the eyes. And you go. I've been there. I've been to that church. And they didn't nobody say, welcome, come on in, God bless you, hope you enjoy the service, hope you hear from God, I hope you get saved today, hope you repent. Nothing. Just <laughs> Who is that? God help us to not get satisfied with a status quo. To not get satisfied with me, mine, and ours. That we open up those doors and say, Whosoever will come on in Amen. and hear Amen. 
what Jesus has done for you. You know what? Super fast, sometimes them whosoever wills when they come in, leave out somebody. Amen. Amen. Leave out chain. Leave out brand new. They go, they come in the door toting that bag of sin with them, and they leave out going skippity doo dah. Hallelujah. I pray Jesus for coming these years. I'm a brand new person. Glory to God. Look out, world. Amen. What happened to that? What happened to you? They got saved 40 years ago. And you're still not acting that way. How do you get over that? I don't. People say, well, if you get excited preaching, I never want to quit getting excited. Amen. We got something to be excited about. We got something to shout about. We got someone who died for us. We got someone who loves us. We got someone who saved us. We got someone that lives in us. And we got someone who's going to come back and get us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Are you ready for that? We are to live today like He's coming back today. Right. Yes. We ought to get up in the morning living in the morning like He's coming back in the morning. But we don't know when He's coming back. i got to move on because we got to have communion. But first, got to get ourselves right. Amen? Amen. But first, we got to get ourselves right. I can't figure out why anybody will walk in those doors burdened with sin and walk out those doors toting it out there back with them. You don't have to do that. You know why you don't have to do that? Because we got a Savior who shed his blood every drop he had. And all we got to do is confess to him, call on his name. He takes that blood and just pours it out all over us. Woo! And you know what that blood does to us? It don't make us red. It makes us white as Johnny Crow's hair. <laughs> and we get up sin sick when we lay down. And we do this. And all of that junk just falls to the floor. And we're brand spanking new. Amen. That's what we got to do before we do this. That's why I'm taking this time to explain this to you before we do this. Because of what verse 27 says. It says, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty. Did you hear me? Shall be guilty of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. You crucify him all over again. Amen. So we need to get it right today. <laughs> we don't need to decide. I'm going to have to read this to you because I wrote this down. Lord, this is under the Lord's instruction too. Bringing into the church pagan ideas worldly oh Lord God help us worldly 
How many of you believe this world is godly? Then why do you want to bring that mess here? Mm -mm. Worldly ideas into the church. You know what? I got, I got to do this again. You know what, Jamar? That's telling your daughters and your sons it's okay to fornicate that you can't help yourself. That ain't godly. That's worldly. Amen. You don't think that the Lord our God cannot keep us wholesome and pure? You have to let Him. And He will. He will empower you. And when you finally say I do to the one you love, you and them both are going to be glad you did. It's going to be a holy time. Amen. I got to go on. That was just a drop in. <laughs> we don't need the world in the church. We need the church in the world. Amen. Amen. We say sometimes, you know, that person comes here and they ain't nothing but a drag on the church. Ooh. All they're here for to get our money. All they're here for to hand out. Have you ever said that? You ever thought that? We in church now, ain't we? Clicks, cliches, worldliness, greed. We think that the worst of the people around us are, the better we look. So we don't worry about ourselves. I don't worry about Brother Kent. As long as I'm better than him, I'm good. So you know what I do because I've got that attitude, Brother Steve? I keep finding stuff wrong with him. Uh-oh. It's time to go look in the mirror now and he'll find out where your real problem is. That's where it is. Amen. No one is a drag on the church. I said no one is a drag on the church. Amen. You know what? There are people in the church, you might not even like them. But like old Sister Esther said, you got to love them. Amen. Amen. We think that people shouldn't be here because they don't look like us. They don't act like the rest of us. God help us. Let me ask you a question. Who saves? <laughs> who adds to his church? <laughs> who? 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 Me and you? I hope not. That's what tears them down. That's where the clicks come from. That's where the unworthiness comes from. Who adds to his church? He does. He specifically says, He adds to the church. He sees it. You're here because he added you. Amen. And we got something to do while we're here. He added you for a reason. Listen to me. It ain't sitting on the pew. We picked to have a nominating committee meeting tonight, so I got to preach this now. He didn't call you to sit on the pew. He didn't call you 
to take your focus and put it all on the world, making money, making houses, making this, making that. He called you here for his kingdom work. Amen. To be a part of that. Amen. He put you here for that. I got to go on. We got to have communion. Amen. Who adds? Who saved? Who died? <laughs> you ever heard somebody get smart and say, who died and made you king? Isn't that an arrogant thing to say to a person? Ask Jesus. <laughs> He'll say, I did. I got a t-shirt Missy bought for me. It shows all them superheroes. It's got Spider-Man, the Hulk. It's got Superman. It's got Batman. It's got all of them. And they're sitting around talking to Jesus Christ. is sitting right in the middle of them. And he's, he's got the little captain up there and he said, let me tell y'all what I did to save the world. That's what we need to put him on a pedestal. We need to take ourselves off of that pedestal and put him on it. We need to take him, uh, us, ourselves, off of the throne room in our tabernacle and put him on it. And things going to look a lot different then. Amen. Amen. I got to move on. We got to have community. Hallelujah. Hey, that's another thing we got going on. <laughs> Twelve o'clock, that preacher still preaching. I ain't coming back there again. <laughs> uh -oh. So the preacher up there at 12 o'clock, I'm looking at it, three minutes till. Holy Ghost, quit speaking, quit talking, quit preaching, quit doing. It's time to go eat. Can't you see this watch? <laughs> and we think we're Christians and we're going to do this and not in an unworthy manner when we got things like that on our mind. Instead of Jesus Christ, where are you today? Where are you right now? Jesus, speak. Lord Jesus, speak. Huh? We might need to preach two hours before we have communion. Because see, before we do this, we got to get it. We got to understand it. There ain't a one of us in this room that right now don't need to repent. I did it just in there just a few minutes ago. I do that every Sunday before I come in here. I want to get covered up in blood. When I walk in, I pray it's dripping off of me. So when I preach, Brother Don, I'm clean. And I'm not unworthy to proclaim Jesus because he just got through giving me a bath. In his blood. He had forgiven me for everything I thought bad this morning. Amen. He's forgiven me for everything I said bad yesterday. Yeah. He's forgiven me when I woke up this morning. The evil thoughts that was in my mind. You don't have to say them. He sees them. That's right. And they're gone. They're out. They're covered. <laughs> he's got them. You know what he's going to do with them? He's going to cast them away. And it's going to stay down. i got to move on. we got to have communion. <laughs> Amen. God hates division. <coughs> Y'all, we're called by him. We're chosen by him. 
were placed by him. We're his. A.D. sent me a, brother A.D. sent me a scripture the other day. I'm going to read this to you right now and I'm going to show you what God feels about division. Chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians, verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, listen to this. Paul writing it. Paul's a good, great writer. I beseech you, brethren, how? By the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. That you all speak the same thing. Oh, you mean I can't go off on a tangent and have my own ideas? Yeah, you can. As long as they agree with this word right here. Amen. He said that you all speak the same thing. And now listen to this. And that there are no divisions among you. But that you be perfectly joined together. In the same mind and in the same judgment. How do we do this? Because of our common ground. We do it in Christ Jesus. Amen. We got to move on. So today, as we come together at five minutes after 12, and don't he know we got business meeting tonight? <laughs> and we come together and we celebrate communion. Let's me and you focus on ourselves for this time. Look at who you are. Not who your neighbor is. Not who your husband is, your wife is, your kids are, or who's sitting next to you. But who you are. Focus on yourself. And you identify in yourself whatever's there that you're ashamed of before Christ. And when you see that, you find you a place to kneel and pray and give it to Him and say, Lord, forgive me. Confess it to Him. He already knows about it anyway. And say, Lord, wash me in Your blood. And you know what He's going to do? He's going to do just that. You know how I know? He said he would. He said he would. Do you believe that? Yes. He said he would. The simplicity of our Savior is that very thing. He lived. He died. He rose again. He poured out his spirit. And he coming back. And he'll forgive you of every sin you ever create of, ever done, and make you clean. Amen. And listen to me. He'll do it, Connie, every day. Every day. Amen. Every day. Amen. I, there's a lot of things I'm ashamed of that I did. 
And I'm glad that I don't have to bear those things before him. Because they're not there anymore. That old man dead. Amen. There's a new man. And he belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen. Preach it, brother. Would you stand? We got to have communion. And I want you to have it in a worthy manner. I don't want you to die. I don't want you to go to sleep and not wake up. Because that's what he said would happen if we did it in an unworthy manner. And he said, let every man examine himself, and so let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh, listen to me, damnation to himself. You don't think it's important you don't repent before you partake? You want to bring damnation on yourself. The Word is true, and that's what it says. The Word. So that being said, these altars are open. If you feel like you need to pray and repent, please come. I always tell people, just stand where I am. That ain't good enough. It's time to bow. Time to bow before Jesus Christ. It's time to quit standing in arrogance. It's time to kneel and bow because see, when we see Him in glory, we're not going to stand in front of Him. We're going to bow before Him. Every knee is going to bow. Even those that have trouble getting up. If you have trouble getting up, get on down. We'll help you up. Bow. By coming up here does not mean that you're laden with sin. Don't mean you've done something wrong. It means that you know you're unworthy. And you want to be worthy before you partake. That's all it means. You can bow at your cue. You can sit down and kneel, bow your head, I don't care. Pray. Seek. Confess. Receive. Receive what Jesus had to give me. Maybe you're here today and you need salvation before you partake. Well, wouldn't that be a great thing that the day you get saved, you get to have communion with God? You'd never forget that day, would you?
If you're lost, just say, I, I'm lost. I need salvation. Don't be ashamed of it. Ain't lots of people lost. But the shame is that you leave here lost. What do you need from God? What do you need from Him right now? He's here to give it to you. I can tell you that right now. I know He's here.
Can I have our deacons please to come up here? Well, Don, would you come up here please? Well, Don, would you come up here please? I know it's late. I know the restaurants are already packed. No problem. <laughs> the crowd will be gone by the time we get there. <laughs> Let the Lord lead the brother. <laughs> We're going to quit putting God on the time schedule. We're going to quit quenching the spirit of God. We've held him too long. We quenched him too long. We've suppressed him too long. It's time to give it to him. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
before we even start, my son, when he came down to the altar earlier, he came down to pray and accepted the Lord as his Christ. Praise God! Praise God! Welcome. One, two, and three. Welcome, Jeremy Campbell, to the family of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. One, two, and three. Well, <laughs> on the day of your salvation, you have communion Amen. with the body of Christ in his house, Amen. with his spirit, Amen. with his son. Amen. With your grandpa and your daddy. Isn't that beautiful? Hey, it's beautiful. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to preach again now. <laughs> Go ahead. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm sorry. When he had given thanks, he broke the bread. Brother Troy, would you pray for our and as he took the bread, he said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup. Brother Randy, would you pray? Lord, we just come to you thanking you and praising this day, Lord. Thank you for the blood that's spent every ounce, Lord, for us. Thank you for forgiving us for our sins, the death and the cross that you gave us. We may have eternal life. We love you, thank you, and praise you, Lord. Amen. As he prayed, this is what our Lord said. This cup is the New Testament. Listen to this. In my blood. <laughs> this, this do ye. As often as you drink it. Drink it. In remembrance of me. When they got through doing this, you won't find this in First Corinthians. You find this in the original gospel where he shared with his disciples the last time. When they shared the, the, the bread and the drink, he took them out to a place. And they got together and they sung a hymn. So as close as you can get to someone, would you join hand? Would you stand again? This will be our dismissal hymn and our dismissal prayer. And we're going to sing together. Close your eyes. I want to hear this play. I want to hear this group tremble when we sing. Now we pick amazing grace. Because if not for the grace of God, where would we be? So let's sing the first verse of amazing grace. Let's lift the room. Amazing grace, how sweet the 
man. Yeah, being stereo, that's right. Hey, man, thank y'all for being here tonight. And I don't know about the rest of you, but you're kind of rejoicing in, in this morning's service. And the Lord was uh, powerful, oh, powerful this morning in this service. And, you know, we can we can have that tonight, too. If you can stand it, you know, sometimes uh, you know, we just stand so much, and the Lord knows that. And uh, Christ was the same way. He'd get off every once in a while and just get by Himself and and uh, not listen to things or think about things. And and uh, but uh, praise God for for today. It's been wonderful. I want to talk to you tonight, and we're going to do this a little bit different. Uh, uh, you know, I usually let y'all read and all this kind of stuff, and I know I know you enjoy that, but. Uh, Tonight's going to be just a little bit different. Uh, I'm going to talk to you, and the title of this message is called Glory. Glory. Isn't that something we like to, I like to say that word, glory. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. And, you know, we even we even think so much of that word that we call heaven that a lot of times. We don't say heaven, we say glory. Yeah. We're going to be in glory. That's going to be the place to be, isn't it? Amen. And because we think of glory as a place of exuberation, a place of excitement, a place of enthusiasm, a place of joy, a, a, a place that we can go and, and we're not bothered by anything with laughter and there's all this stuff. And we think that's glory. That's the way glory is. That's what glory is to us. And so one of my favorite uh, scriptures in the, in the Bible is in John chapter 1 verse 14. And, uh, and I, I, I use it a lot where it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, and we beheld His glory. Do you see that? We're not going to be talking about the Word becoming flesh. That's usually what I get really excited about because I love the Word. But here it says, And we beheld His glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. Amen? Full of grace and truth. Amen. So when Jesus became flesh, we beheld the glory of God. The glory of God has always been present with us. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 5, listen to this scripture. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. Amen? Now, we know that all flesh has, didn't see Jesus when he was here the first time. Amen? We know that all flesh does not be able to uh, have the glory of salvation, the glory of the Holy Ghost, because all people are saved. But this scripture is referring when he comes back. Listen to me. All people everywhere are going to see his glory. Amen. Think about that. When we all go to heaven, now there's a place, everybody's going to go to heaven. Now y'all need to get this. Everybody ain't going to stay there. That's a shame. One of the awfulest torments is going to torment people in hell because they're going to stand in glory. But they're not going to get to stay there. And they're going to have to remember that day for eternity. Oh my God. Glory is important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Knowing 
that glory is important. Every knee is going to bow to Jesus Christ. Every tongue is going to confess that He is Lord. But if you wait till you're over there, you've waited too long and you ain't going to get to stay there. God help us to do that here. Do that now while we can. Thank God for uh, uh, what's your son's name? Jeremy. 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 Thank God for Jeremy today. Listen to me. You want to know what glory looks like when an old man can't hardly walk through that door? Answers an altar call. Comes from the back to here and bows down and can't get up and says, I wouldn't have missed this for nothing. That's it. Got up with tears flowing down while his grandson is getting saved before his eyes. That's it. That's, real. That's glory. That's it. That's what glory is about. That's what Christ came for. That's what Christ left us for, is glory. <laughs> I like that word. Let's just keep saying it. Glory, 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 glory. Amen. 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 And Carrie picked that song. She sung right off the bat this morning. Amen. That, 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 that holy, the holiness and the glory of God. Amen. We still get to behold the glory of God today. You believe it? We saw the glory of God today. We can see the glory of God tonight. We can get it. That buzzard was the glory of God that you saw. You already took that picture. I sure did. Amen. Amen. You already took that picture. Because I don't remember seeing one with white wings. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. So we, we get to behold the glory. His glory. And the Bible, you've heard a lot of people refer, have, how many of you ever heard uh, the, 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 the pouring out of the Spirit or the presence of God and it's called the Shekinah glory of God. That has a special meaning to the Hebrew people. And I'm going to get that to that at the end of this, but we are able to witness the Shekinah glory of God. The Shekinah glory of God has always been present. It's always been something visible, something that could be seen. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 8 and 10, the Bible talks about the tent of meeting or the tabernacle of the congregation, not the tabernacle we've been reading about, the one that was present before that that Moses had set up outside of the camp. Amen? Before God decided he wanted to be smacked in the middle of everything, he was up on a mountain, but when he got ready to speak to the people down below, there was a place that Moses would go, and it was called, and some uh, Bible's called the tent of meeting, or it was called the tabernacle of congregation, and Moses would go there. And the Shekinah glory of God, that smoke that covered the mountain, that cloud that they followed by day, would come down and get in this tent, and Moses couldn't even get in on count of it. Amen. When the glory of the Lord filled this little old tent, the people just fell down on their faces and looked. Moses couldn't go in. And the Lord would actually speak to them in an audible voice through that door. Wow. Man, you say, whoo, oh, I wish I could see that. Oh, we, we sound way better than that. We got a lot better than they do. But he didn't stop there. Later on he said, 
let's build a tabernacle. We just got through going through a long Wednesday night study about all of that stuff in that tabernacle and what it meant. And when they dedicated that tabernacle, Brother Troy, guess what happens? The Shekinah glory of God came into that place where the priest, nor Moses again, could even enter into that building. Because the glory of God filled it up. They couldn't get in there. If they did, they couldn't have seen nothing. And, the, and it was a beautiful sight. And the people, guess what they did? They fell on their face again because they witnessed the glory of God and heard Him speak. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? He don't stop there, Vicky. When Solomon built this beautiful, elaborate temple and they brought all those sacrifices in, thousands and thousands, and they began to slay these animals and the blood began to flow and the people began to rejoice. You know what happened? The Shekinah glory of God showed up. And he didn't fill the tent. He, didn't fill, he filled the whole temple. Full. The priest had to get out of there. He filled it up and it shook. And they all, you know what they did? They fell down and bowed down before him again. Wow. What a God we serve. Amen. He said, I'm letting you know I'm here. Where was he at every time? He was in the congregation of meeting. He was in the tabernacle. He was in the temple. I want you to know this house is his house. Amen. And when we get together in here like this morning, every once in a while we get to experience the glory of God. We ought to be able to experience the glory of God every time we come into this building. Amen. What stops him from being here every time we walk in? We do. Doubt. Bad attitudes. Problems. Our mind many miles away on the wrong thing and different things. But on these days, on these occasions, their mind was on him. They came to hear him. They came to partake in his worship. They came for dedication of the buildings. And here he was. Now listen to me. This is important stuff right here. Because God had a plan the whole time. And his plan wasn't to have it a tent or a tabernacle or a temple. Wasn't his plan. It's the way he went about it. But that wasn't the end result of his plan. See, his plan was to dwell somewhere else. Amen? His plan always was to dwell somewhere else. I won't get ahead of myself. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, verse 16. Listen to what Paul wrote. He said, Know you not that you, and y'all hear that? Everybody say me. Me. That you are the temple of God. Ha <laughs> ha. 
We have become the tent. We have become the tabernacle. We have become the temple. The place where the Shekinah glory of God wants to be. That's us. Brother Rick, that's who we are. That's what happened to Jeremiah. <laughs> the temple was filled with the glory of God. Amen. Isn't that beautiful thinking? And, and God did it that way. You know, God is mysterious. He does things in mysterious ways. But the time was not right yet for him to dwell in these tents. Amen. So he was with them. He was present with them. But not inside of them. Like he is today. Amen. No you're not. That ye are the temple of God. Now listen. And that the spirit. Dwells in you. Now. The Shekinah glory of God that filled that temple, you know what that was? <laughs> it was the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God that fills our temple today. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, <clears throat> and so you are, we are filled with the Spirit. And so it is our work now as a filled tabernacle of God to do something for God. What is that? To glorify Him. We are filled with His glory so that our temple, our body, our person can glorify Him for others to see. Those people saw that temple full. They saw that smoke. They, they fell on their face. They saw that in those buildings. And they're supposed to see that in me and you. That's who we are. Glory is who we are. And so we're supposed to glorify Jesus Christ. John chapter 16. I, I, I use John a whole lot because he's, a, he's the one who explained all this to us so we can understand. John chapter 16, verses uh, 12 through 15. Listen to this. He says, Jesus is speaking. John's writing what Jesus spoke. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you can't bear them now. You know why they couldn't bear them, Troy? They didn't have the spirit of truth to, to show them and help them understand it. So Jesus said, I got a lot of other things I need to show you. And he's going to be able to show it to them later on. When they went back and read this stuff that they were writing down, wow, that's what he meant. Wow, whoop, I know what he's talking about. That, what? How'd they do that? Because the glory of God was in them now. Amen. He said, yet you cannot bear them now. How be it? Now listen to this. When he the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you into half truth, little truth, piece of truth, some truth. He will guide you into all truth. Amen. For 
he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit is here to glorify the one who died for me and you. So he's, he's going to help them learn the truth of the words of the one who died for us. That's the gospel, the doctrine of Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit is, is here for. He will guide you into the truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear. Now, where's he hearing it from? <coughs> you remember, the Holy Spirit has access to something when you don't have. He has access to the very throne of the Lamb because he's sitting on it. Well, it gets complicated with God's spirit. Amen. Amen. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. I went to the revival over here at the church uh, at Golden Gate the other night, and the preacher got up there and he said, God is a spirit and he needs a host. <laughs> this is what he's talking about. He needs a host. He needs to be in us. And we do the work. We're the hand, we're the feet, we're the arm. He's the spirit. We're the eyes, we're the ears, we're, the, we're all of that. That's why we're called the body of Jesus. And he says, he will guide you into all truth, or he shall not speak to himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Amen. Is he going to show us everything? Mm -mm. God don't work that. Never has worked that way. He'll show you what you need to know. And he'll show you what you ask him for. If you ask him in his will. He, look at this, verse 14 now. He, the spirit of truth, shall glorify me. That's what Jesus said. The Holy Spirit shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine. Now what belongs to Christ? All things in heaven and in earth is his. So all that is, is his. So he shall receive of mine and he shall show it unto you. Mm, what's good stuff right there, isn't it? You don't know how you get to know things. You don't know how to get to learn things. You don't know how to get to read the scripture and understand it. That's why you always pray. And the Bible tells us not to only pray. It says pray in the Spirit. Now why would he tell you to do that? Because when you pray in the Spirit, you're contacting something inside of you that knows what you need to know and tells you and shows you that. Amen. Let me tell you this. The Spirit is so strong in us that when we don't even know what to pray for ourselves. He does. Ooh, glory, he does. Let me tell you this story. I'm going to get emotional here. And they called me the other morning and told me they had just given Jessica the epidural. And neither was at work. I was home by myself. And I began to pray for her. I started off praying, oh, we need a healthy blah, blah, this, and, and the prayer totally went south from there. I didn't know why until later. You know what my prayer wound up being? God placed people there with her and put your spirit in them and help them to get her through this. Amen. And that's just exactly what he did. 
Amen. He put a woman in her room at the exact right time <coughs> to stop a catastrophe or even the death of a baby. Praise God. Praise God. And when I got through praying that prayer, I thought, what can I pray that prayer for? The Spirit prayed that prayer. Because the Spirit knew what she needed. She needed that woman that knew what to do in her situation. God needs a host, remember? He uses us. We're his hands. Amen. Amen. And he used that. <coughs> and as I studied this, he showed me that. This is what this is about. And so he says here, he said, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, Therefore I said that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. This is what he says. So we can only glorify God how? Through the Spirit. A person without the Spirit of God does not have the weather with all, that's my southern word for today, to glorify God. He don't know how. Because he don't know what God requires of him to do that. The Spirit knows how we're to do it and reveals that to us. He shows us how we're to do that. Thank God for the Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank God for the Holy Spirit. We can only glorify God through the Holy Ghost that dwells in us. First uh, John chapter 2, verse 20. Listen to this scripture. But ye have an holy, here's another good favorite word of mine, unction. That's a weird word, isn't it? How many of you think you got an unction? Sounds like something wrong with your toe, don't it? Well, it ain't. It's something you want to have. Amen. An unction from the Holy One. And look at what he says. And you shall know all things. You have an unction from the Holy One, and you shall know all things. Things and you shall know all things. Now, what does unction mean? Unction means that we have an anointing. An unction is not a thing, it's a it, it's an anointing. And it is an anointing in the Hebrew of guess what? Oil. Or if you're from more Ravana, oil. <laughs> What is oil in the scripture? What is it? The lamps full of oil? What is it? It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Spirit. The oil that we're anointed with is the Holy Ghost. He is our oil of God that burns within us and gives off the light of Jesus Christ to a dark world. That's the unction that we have. When they talked about those lamps trimmed and burning bright, that's a picture of me and you. Amen? That's us. And he came back for those people with those lamps burning that way. The ones whose lamps didn't burn didn't go. Amen? They didn't get to go. They beat on the door and won't let them in. 
the ones with the oil, with the light that was shining for him. Amen. And now, this oil burns within us. Now, let's get back to the Shekinah glory. And I'm fixing close. The Shekinah glory of God. What is the Shekinah glory of God? Now, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find this in Scripture. This is a word that was used by Hebrews, a Jewish people. So you have to look at the Hebrew meaning. And I never like to really get down to the basis of definitions of word, but this, this is so pretty right here. You have to. And so what does Shekinah glory? What does that mean to the Hebrew when they say that? Because they know what that is. They know it's who filled the, the tent, who filled the tabernacle, who filled the temple. They know that. It was God. It was His presence. It was Him. The glory of God. So, it's the visible, this is the definition of it, the visible manifestation of God on earth now portrayed through his people. Now it's starting to make a little bit more sense. Why Paul said, what? Know you not that you are the temple of God? So it is the it is God's manifestation of Himself portrayed in us. The word Shekinah in Hebrew means dwelling or one who dwells. Now think about that. So Shekinah means dwelling or one who dwells. And so the words together, Shekinah glory, means he caused to dwell. That's good, isn't it? When Jesus told his disciples, before you do anything else, when he ascended up into glory, before you do anything else, you go into Jerusalem and you wait for something. Don't you do nothing else. The angel told him, do what he told you to do. Go into Galilee, was it? And, and you don't go nowhere else until you get what you need. What he told him. That's what they was doing in that room on the day of Pentecost. They were waiting on something. You know what they were waiting on? They were waiting on the Shekinah glory of God. And God, listen to this. The ones who were waiting, the ones who were where Jesus told them to be, the ones who were praying in one man, one accord, all of a sudden, something happens. They hear something first. Amen. And hearing turned to seeing, and seeing turned to receiving. They heard a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it lit upon each one of them. Amen. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You know, a lot of people are afraid to use that scripture because they think 
Well, okay, you're agreeing with what those Pentecostals say, but you got to have something going brother. on. I'm telling you, you got to have the Shekinah glory of God. You don't do you no good to have no gift. Amen. Amen. It's just like that. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I know, I know the answer to that because I know the scripture. And I got the glory of God living in me. He showed me all things. That chicken came first because God created that chicken and that chicken laid egg. Amen. And anybody has to ask that question, number to rock in my book, or they need salvation. Amen. What come first? The spirit or the tongues? That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Because the spirit came first. God used that gift from the spirit to speak to all those people in the street and they understood every word that they were saying. Amen. He caused the Spirit to dwell in us. Now I'm going to read one more scripture and i got to close. Listen to what John, old John, I love John. That's why he waited so late to write this book because he knew we are going to need to know something about this relationship. Amen. John chapter 14 verses 15 through 18. Listen to this stuff. If you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? I just threw that one in. That really ain't got nothing to do with this, but it does it too. Because you can't do that without the glory of God. And I, listen to this, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter. You hear that? That he may abide with you. Now, now here's something else people trip up on. You believe Jesus? Do you believe Jesus? Yeah, How long does he say this comforter will abide with you? Till you mess up? Till you sin? Till you backslide? Till you just don't look like a Christian no more? I know what he said. What did he say? He shall abide with you forever. It's plain as a nose on your face. And who is this that I'm going to send? Who is this comforter? Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot see because it seeth him not. Neither knoweth him. I love this other part because he shows you the oneness of God. But you know him. <laughs> They ain't never even seen the Holy Ghost yet. But he said, but you know him. Did you see that? You know him, for he dwelleth with you. Well, who was with them? Jesus, the one talking to them. I'm with you. You know him, because I'm with you right now. And, but he adds something to that, because it's something that hadn't happened up until now. Something that had happened to only a few. <coughs> Zacharias, Elizabeth, and John the Baptist yeah. that I know of. Amen. He said, he shall be, listen to this, in you. I'm with you. But he is going to be in you. He's going to fill your tabernacle. He's going to fill your tent. He's going to fill your temple. He is going to fill you up. Amen. 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 
And then he has this. He says, when this happens, I will not leave you coming through the comforter. He's coming by way of the Shekinah glory. Amen. He's coming that way. And he enters into us. He became one who dwells. And he dwells in us. And his work here is in us is to glorify the one who did it all for us. Amen. Are we doing that? Are we doing Jesus justice by the way we live our lives in the Spirit? Amen. Paul tells us that there's a warfare that goes on inside of us. See, when the Shekinah glory came to that tent and came to that tabernacle and came to that temple, everybody else, brother Darn, had to get out. But the amazing, miraculous thing about the Shekinah glory living in our temple, listen to me, is that we don't leave. We stay here. And the Shekinah glory comes in with our spirit. And Paul teaches that our spirit must agree with the spirit of God. That means that we must believe the Spirit over what we think is right or wrong. That's what we feel sometimes. That little controversy that we feel. Remember this, God's always right. Amen. And the only time we're right is when we're in Him. And the Spirit is teaching us and showing us what to do. How many of you ever didn't listen to that voice that said, don't do that? <laughs> How many times? Where did it get you? In a heap of trouble. Amen. Amen. I think about that, what they used to say about that old country boy. They said the last word of a country boy is always this. Watch this. <laughs> Y'all watch this here. Yeah, watch this. <laughs> Amen. And the Holy Ghost is standing on his shoulders. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And he's saying, what's this? And he pays. Y'all, we need the Shekinah glory of God. We need him in us. And we need to use him. Believe him. Receive him. Question him. Let him pray through us and we pray through him. I like that. Why? Because he knows Christ. He knows what everything Christ said. He knows what he meant by that. And he says, I'm going to show it to you. That's my work. It's just a matter of how much of you is willing, that you're willing to give to him. Where you come a walking, talking, Bible. That's where he'll take you. And you know what you're talking about. You know truth. 
and you can see all of that stuff that sounds good. You know all the counterfeit wine. Because you know the real God through that Spirit. Amen. Brother Gary, I read where uh, that the Holy Spirit's always with you once you got it. But if you backslide it, you don't like people that quit going to church and quit praising the Lord and quit studying the Bible and all this stuff for a period of time. The, the Holy Spirit's still with them, but He'll back up and quit speaking to them for a while. That's what I read. It's when our spirit overcomes and disagrees with the Holy Spirit, God don't stop that. That's something we must do, is yield ourselves to the Spirit of God that dwells in us. Amen. That's what we got. That's our part. We, 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 we yield ourselves to Him. And sometimes we stand up saying, I ain't going to do that. He'll be saying, don't do that. We'll do it anyway. That's rebellion against God. Submit. Submit yourselves. Brother, would you read John 14, 23 before we go? St. <clears throat> John? That John you were just in. Yeah, St. John. John. And, that, and that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Amen. That is what the Shekinah glory <laughs> filling our temple looks like. And y'all, we always like around saying, oh, Jesus is in me. Well, are you in him? Amen. That's a, that's a big difference than him being in you. And uh, he said, not only are you in me, you're in the Father too. We're all connected. We're all a part of a vine. And we all draw our strength, our substance, and everything we need comes from him. That's our relationship with God. That's who we are. He's always there. Imagine if you will, if the Jews still had the temple on the Temple Mount. And someone went in there and started drinking and got drunk. Or someone went in there and started doing something sexually impure. Or they did some other sin inside that temple. How would you put it? Or and yet we are the temple of God. And what we do to this temple is no better than that. Right. Amen. And, you know, I, and I'm talking to myself just as well as anybody else. Because uh, <laughs> I have badly treated this temple. Amen. Amen. Which temple? We're going to have a time of invitation because we got some, some uh, Holy Ghost business to take care of. We had a fellow come up here earlier and say,